are joined this afternoon here. It is Saturday afternoon after Indy Lights Race 1 with Stingray Rob. Stingray, Race 1, you finished top 5, I think. Yep, 5th. So, how'd it go? This is your, I know, you guys have been here a lot this year. Did that help contribute to a uh, good result for you? Yeah, I think that we learned a lot in just the last few races. You know, we've been playing with cars set up um, since Portland. And so, Portland, I'm going to say that we did a lot of testing um, during the race weekend itself just to try and find something that would work for the car. Um, and so, you know, rolling off the truck here, we were pretty quick. Yesterday in practice, we were second and third as a team. And then even in qualifying today, um, even though we qualified seventh, we were on pace to be P1. So uh, my my fast lap time that got taken away because it caused the yellow flag and the end of quality would have put us in P2. And I think we had a couple laps left to, to get the tires up to peak. So I think we have a good setup here finally um and so i'm hoping that tomorrow it won't rain but you know <laughs> you never really know what what the weather's going to be like here at Bido. yeah that was that was my next question the as we were just discussing the forecast looks pretty dismal for tomorrow so going into a potential rain race how much does that alter your setup that you just you know you were confident in talking about yeah we just pretty much throw it out the window start from scratch so <laughs> Um, and we don't have any, any time in the rain in this car. So yeah. we'll see what it does. You know, I think Mid-O is one of the tracks that's pretty exceptionally slick in the rain. Yeah. Um, it just turns to ice. So I don't know if it's that sealant they put down on the track or whatever else. But I remember last year, 2020, when we ran the Indy Pro 2000 race in the rain, you know, those three warm-up laps were almost too much because the track just couldn't handle it that was where it like rained like all of a sudden pretty early in the morning sunday morning before the race i think yeah yeah and it didn't seem like it rained for that long no but the track just doesn't drain and it just gets that top layer that is literally like ice so we'll see what does your uh, off-season training look like and what's next year look like for you i'm actually really excited for this off-season um potential Baja 1000 race nice. in a trophy truck. Yeah. So, um, talking to someone about that now. So I'm. I mean, that's like one of the bucket list items yeah. for me. I think that's every driver's dream yeah. is to go to the Wild West and drive through the desert. Hell so, yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, but Chris Griffiths coming up end of October, along with my Indy car test that I won with the scholarship last yep. year. So, um, those two things I think are just what we're focusing on next. Hopefully, get a simulator at home, so I'm not, you know, completely rusty by the end of the the off season there so yeah we'll have some news coming up here in the next week or so i think as well so we'll uh look forward to that as well awesome good for you do you uh, and you might i might you might not be able to say because you don't want to spoil it but do you know who your indycar test will be with i do not nothing confirmed yet um we're supposed to find out after this weekend okay. and so dan anderson is working on that i'm pretty sure right now okay. my manager peter rossi he we had a phone call right before this weekend started and he's like don't worry about it you just get through the year it's my job to worry about, so I don't really care. I'm excited to be in an IndyCar. IndyCar's an IndyCar, especially around Indianapolis. I mean, those two things together are pretty pretty remarkable. Yeah, that'll be a good time. Yeah, I'm <laughs> excited. All right, so this year as a whole, Yunkos hasn't necessarily looked like the Yunkos and Indy Lights we typically expect every year. Have you, have you still been able to you know, pick up things here and there? So when you hopefully go into Indy Lights Season 2, you have things that you go, okay, you know, last year we worked on this, and I can pick up and improve on that. And, you know, you're, you're not starting from necessarily from scratch in year two again. Yeah. Um, 
It's been a learning year for sure. School of hard knocks, it seems like. I think there's been some factors out of our control as a team. Um, I think that it's due to COVID. We've seen um, some discrepancies in the tire this year versus the tire that we had before in 2019. And I think that that played into the setup, and we weren't able to adapt earlier in the season, but we're now we're, we're kind of catching on a little bit. Um, and that also comes from a lack of testing. And I think as a driver stepping up to any new series, you got to have those test days to be able to produce good results. Um, just, to, just to know what the car is going to do. You know, if they want to go to a softer rear bar, we already know what it's going to do. But we were testing that stuff in the race weekend. And so it's like we started behind, and then we were trying to play catch-up during the year. And that just doesn't work in this series. you got to start on your A game from day one. Um, so going into next year, I think that we're just going to take what I learned from the last few races and move on. And I think that, you know, the off-season, we're hoping to do some more testing. Um, and those test days will, will pay big dividends big dividends so you you've gone through a few teammates this year especially after toby left to save up some money for next year so i'm curious what it was like driving with toby for two-thirds of the year and and what it's like now having rasmus lynn back at yunkos yeah it was great to have toby as a teammate you know he's really really quick um but having rasmus back is pretty awesome you know we had a good run together in 2019 i think we kind of learned a little bit together and challenged each other and we're doing the same here and I think that's the reason why we've gotten to the car where where it is. You know, we we adapted the car a lot once Rasmus came in because I think we had a little bit more flexibility, less pressure. I mean, we really didn't have anything to lose, so why not go ahead and try and figure a few things out? So having Rasmus back is awesome. He's a great teammate, and I've enjoyed my time with him just in the last few weekends. Are your guys' driving styles more similar than you were with Toby, or are they completely different and that's what helps you? Yeah, I think that we're, we're fairly similar. I mean, Rasmus and I have a very similar history in driving. Yeah. Um, we both go-karted together, um, both stepped into junior formula cars together. So it just seems like we've kind of had the same program coming up and through. Toby's obviously a bit older, and I think he's gotten to drive a different variety of cars in comparison to Rasmus and I. But I, I think Rasmus and I have a similar driving style compared to Toby and myself. But, you know, they're both great drivers. They're both really quick in the car, and I think that they're they're both, you know, well-rounded in that aspect. So when it comes down to the end of the day, I don't, I don't think you can really say that there's too much difference there. Sure, sure. Is there one race or moment in a race this year that you look back on that you go, I wish I did something different? Where do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer that one. For yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of those. It's been a learning year, like I said. Yeah. Um, but today was my first top five. So it's not like we've had great runs, you know, going and then I make a mistake and it falls apart. It's just we haven't been able to find whatever the it is to, yeah. to get to the front. So I don't know. I was happy with the car this morning and qualifying. I felt bad for the team. Um, that's that's probably where I'd start. You know, the, the thing I wish I could go back and change was that, that qualifying session. Start on pole here. It makes a world of difference, especially without push to pass this weekend. You know, as a driver in, in the aero wash, there's not much you can do. Yeah. So I think that's why we saw a single-file race today, just because it's so hard to pass around here. It's so hard to pass, and then let alone without push-to-pass. When when did you guys know there would be no push-to-pass? Because the broadcast team actually, <laughs> we, we, we knew this morning because we are talking, we talking to Robert McGinnis, but the broadcast team, uh, I think, discovered it on the fly during the race today. Yeah, like, 10 or 12 laps in they were like oh we had no idea there yeah. was no push to pass we found out in an email this morning as we were over at the track <laughs> wow. so 
yeah, not a lot of time to get prepared for yeah, that. But it's not a lot of time. I, I understand it. The series is just trying to make it um, more reliable. You know, with the older system that would have been in, implemented, they don't know if every car is going to be working or every car is not going to be working. Sure. And so they're, they didn't want to risk it. I mean, you might have the top five guys that are getting pushed to pass and the bottom whatever aren't. So I think that they were just trying to make it so that there was less discrepancies. Yeah. Everyone. So you said that you guys don't get very many testing or didn't this year, and I know that you do back-to-back races, you know, on Saturdays and Sundays. Do you sometimes use that Saturday race as a test almost for your Sunday race? We did at Laguna Seca um, because Quali One went horribly. We found a broken damper in the car, and so Race One just turned into that test session. Sure. And we used used tires. We saved our new set for Race Two, and then Race Two we put the the new setup on the car and went for it. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. So yes. Yes. <laughs> Short answer is yes. All right, we'll wrap it up with one more here. So, obviously, Alex Rossi's dad is your manager. Has Have you gotten to talk strategy, racecraft, anything like that with Alex at all, or, or pretty hands-off on, on Alex's part? I think Alexander's focusing on his own program right now, <laughs> and I don't think he wants to give me any secrets so that when I'm, when I'm there with him that he's giving me an advantage over himself, so... Yeah, he's pretty much hands-off, but Peter's a, a big resource for us. You know, he tries to help as much as he can. He's not helping set up the car or anything by any means, but, you know, Come he's on, Peter. Yeah, he's a good guy to have in your stable, though, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, best of luck this weekend and uh, next year. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Joined right before race two by championship leader Kyle Kirkwood. Kyle, it rained a little bit during qualifying. All of a sudden, as we're walking over here, it's raining a little bit harder now. I know you don't have a ton of rain experience in the road to Indy. Any concerns or just try to you know, keep it clean and let the rest take care of itself? Yeah, I think I was probably a little bit overambitious in quality too. Um, fired it off into the wall. Not hard, just like so lightly. It was just, there's zero grip here, right? We're 40 yeah. seconds off the pace. So, I mean, I was really going for the pole there so we could just wrap it up. But that didn't happen, so I think it's kind of just damage limitation. We're just going to go finish 11th or better and there's 12 cars so I think chances of somebody going off are pretty high here um, hopefully there isn't any team tactics going on with some of the other guys because if I finish last and I crash out in the first lap David can lead the most laps and win the championship right so uh, we're going to just try and avoid any kind of confrontation I think and ride around so essentially you could just say you know what you go you go you go and then settle in wherever you settle in I'm, I'm almost considering that right now. I just actually asked our team owner, should we just start from the back and then know that there's going to be issues with other people? And I know a couple, a couple of the other guys were 30 seconds off the pace, so I'll, like, I know I'll be by them quick. Um, it almost seems smarter to do that, so um, we'll, we'll figure out. We've we got an hour to figure it out, but um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'd still like to go for a win, but at this sure. moment right now, it's knowing... Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. 
Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview. And Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix, dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. I could so easily be taken out in these kind of kind of conditions. We got yeah, we got to look at the championship. What is it like driving an Indy Lights car around essentially what's an ice skating rink? That you with four wheels it's nearly impossible it's <laughs> like the power is so the it, this car is kind of a light switch with the power with the 450 or 400 power, horsepower that we have um we can't even get the power it's just like we're just feathering the throttle and a bunch of places going down through four five six seven eight it's ridiculous how slow we're going but i think we just need to build sorry we just need to build some some temperature in the tires because we only got three laps in qualifying and it's going to get faster and faster and faster and faster um but it's going to be the same thing in the race everyone's got to build up to it and, and figure it out so see what happens okay, every time we assume it stops it's going to stop raining it starts raining harder again which is we're just uh, going to assume it's going to pour and hope that it stops raining <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess so um it's going to stay wet we're an hour out from now and it just rained there pretty good so Regardless, we're going to start the race on, on rain tires, and we're kind of going towards a rain setup right now. But, um, yeah, just get through the first few laps cleanly, let everyone settle in, and hopefully we can just run our own race wherever we're positioned and win the championship. Is it a you know, it's kind of looking big picture in a 22 confidence booster that, you know, Michael Andretti says we have to keep him in the fold? But there are also other teams out there going, we want Kyle Kirkwood, we want Kyle Kirkwood, we want Kyle Kirkwood. Does it give you a little extra confidence going into you know a race like this? Like, I lock up the championship, and I'm going to have a lot of people calling my phone over the offseason. Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of time. Everyone wants wants something. But, um, of course, there's there's budget factors that come with uh, IndyCar racing. So I think that's the that's the primary thing that needs to be sorted out. So we'll, we'll see what, what transpires after after today and going through the offseason. Here's a uh, non-championship racing question, because yep. I'm sure this is what you've handled all weekend. Um, I heard you have a shoe superstition. I do. <laughs> let's hear yeah. it, because I have a shoe fetish, so let's okay. hear it. Uh, I, only, I only wear Adidas. Oh. And it's just because, like, a few races back, or sorry, a few years back, it goes back to F4, 
like I tried it a couple times where I wore Nikes and crashed out and I'm like oh, those were brand new shoes right and I'm like what did I do differently today because I'm very I like to have a system and sure. everything has to go like identical every single day um, so yeah so I wore the Nikes put the Adidas back on won the race and then I'm like you know I'm gonna try that again put the Nikes back on I crashed again and I was like you know what? this is I'm sticking to Adidas for some reason Nikes just bad luck that's what I, that's what I've always said for some reason so if Adidas ever made race shoes you would be an Adidas they do make race shoes actually I don't wear them, though. I wear Sabelt. <laughs> but that's... You're th- making me think now, maybe... As we all look down. Ad- Adidas, sponsor me. <laughs> yeah, see, look what we just did for yeah. you. <laughs> so, do you have, like, 74 pairs of Adidas, similar to Shannon Listen. here, who has no, 86 no, pairs I've, of shoes? I've wore the same ones uh, all year, actually, and they're okay. destroyed. I barely have a soul left, but they're going in the trash after today. Okay. So, every year gets a new pair. Yeah. 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 Get a new new pair at the beginning of the season, and those will be my race shoes. There you go. My race day shoes. See? We have... I got race day shoes. <laughs> All right. It's getting a little loud back here, so we'll wrap it up with one more question. You might see both you and David Malukas in IndyCar next year. What can you say about David's driving style and David as a person that maybe the average fan doesn't know? Uh... I've kind of grown up with David, right? So I think we're, we're close friends, even though we competed all this year. Family's amazing. Just an amazing kid, right? And he's stepped it up massively in the past two years, where if this progression continues from him, he will be unstoppable, I think, in the future. So, I mean, I've, I've done well in the past few years, but I've, my trajectory isn't like his was from 19 to 21, right? Because we had the hiatus. Um, so I'd say he's, he's an exceptional driver now. He's figured a lot of things out. He used to make a lot of mistakes. Now he doesn't. He hasn't been making mistakes. So it's cool to see, but he's also been keeping me on my toes. Which is fun. It's nice to have a competitor yeah. who you can actually race with right. and, and trust to race with. Yeah. I mean, I in any of my championships, it's never came down to the last race. Yeah. This is the first year that I had, so the competition is good. It's what's it's what's driving me more and making my, myself build because obviously if there's no competition, what am I going to learn? Right. It's like I learn whatever from the team and from the teammates on data, whatever. But if there's nobody out actually out there pushing me, yeah. then I'm not going to progress. So it's good to have somebody like David there with me. Awesome. awesome, man. Well, best of luck and look forward to seeing you next year. Yep. Thank you. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.